We are so honored that you would take the time out of your week to listen to this week's message. We pray that you find it helpful and life-giving. If you would like more information on Hope Church, you can check us out at www.hopedelmarva.com. That's D-E-L-M-A-R-V-A dot com. Thanks for listening. Amen. Thank you, guys. It is it's a weird environment, so like crowd participation is really good. Come on, somebody. Look. Crowd. Crowd. This is my people. This is my cheering crowd right here, so I'm good. If y'all see me favoring this side today, I love y'all, but I know they're going to cheer for me, so a little favoritism. Last week, we continued in our series, Grace Bomb. We talked about fear. I embarrassed my poor teenage son and told a story when he couldn't get on the roller coaster because he couldn't overcome the fear. Do you wish you to step through the fear? He does. Now, you, now you've lost your voice. Okay. It's fine. Normally I can't get him to be quiet. Now he's going to be quiet. It's a teenager for you. Yes, he's tired. Uh, so we talked about general fear and being able to step through it. This week we're going to talk about when we try to step through fear to people that we might not like, people that might be different. And I'm telling you, we all have our prejudice. You might not know it, but we have them. Come on, let's be honest. For our people who were here that came through 9-11, they were like adults. There was a point in time that any Middle Eastern person, we were looking at them like, come on, be honest. If you got on an airplane following 9-11 in those first year or two, you saw a Middle Eastern person and you didn't cut your eyes and go, is this the one? You're lying. <clears throat> when I was in school, it was a long time ago now, we were very segregated. We were very, everybody had their cliques. You know, you had the jocks, the athletes, we called them jocks. That's a really terrible sounding term today, but it's what we called them. <clears throat> we had the nerds, we had the band geeks, we had the the preps that were, you know, the top of the class. <clears throat> not you. You were not top of the class. I am so thankful to hear that the generations today that are currently in school, that it's changed a lot. That, that through technology, that barriers have been broken down. Kids do not isolate the, the way they once did. Friends are just friends, and I'm so thankful for that. My day was a little bit different. So I would have been, I crossed many groups. I was a band geek first and foremost. Took all the band trips. I was a skater. If y'all don't remember those days, like baggy pants. It's come back in style. Yes, my fellow classmate in the back running security this morning, he, um, he and I together, we had the pants that like, no, we did not have, come on, girl, we did not have Jinkos. The people who wore Jinkos stole that from the skaters. We were the ones because we needed, we thought we needed to be able to move our legs. Now they're doing it in skinny jeans. I don't understand it, but cool for them. And then we had our nerd group because we played D&D. &D. Yeah. So for you younger people, 
if you groups in school aren't segregated like that, hopefully, not hopefully, maybe you've seen Stranger Things. And you'll understand that now you've seen full example. They have a group that is the D&D group. They're called the Hellfire Club. Factual story, when I was in high school, we had a uh, class that we could screen print in. And I screen printed my own D&D shirt. Like, that's accurate. So they, in the movie or the show, have a lot of problem with the athletes. That's actual fact. Like, we looked at each other. Oh, my gosh. For you people that went to Seaford or if you went to Laurel, you'll also understand there was segregation between Seaford and Laurel. Like, there was legitimate fights. And I'm not just talking, like, one or two people. Like, we would meet up. And there was big fights. Like, for Al's generation, it would have been a rumble. We'd have gone to a rumble, got our chains out, and... Yeah. Dad, you're so hardcore. <laughs> but it was legit. These are real things that happened. A darker side is we had legitimate race fights. Like, 100%. It was, we're going to go over here tonight, call up all your people, page them, whatever you got to do. It's going down, it's going down at Seaford Billiards. That's like... Nobody remembers Seaford Billiards, but it was real. There was like 1,000% segregation, and it was tough. So how do you, when God gives you that nudge, it's been the overarching theme of being able to be in a place that you're listening to God and you're hearing for those nudges. How do you step out to somebody when it's in a group that you don't like? Or it's somebody that you don't like. How do you step through that? So maybe you've heard, if you're new to this, that's okay. Maybe you've heard the statement, there's no greatest, greater commandment than to love your neighbor as yourself. It's kind of, in some circles, it's kind of referred to as the royal law. Uh-huh. So James 2, 8, 2, 9. The version that's going to be on the screen is a little bit different than my version. We'll get to that version later. We're going to do the NLT version. If you don't know the NLT version, it's plain language. It's like, it's accurate. It's not an, you know, like a weird interpretation. It's just plain spoken language. Yes, indeed. It is good when you obey the royal law as found in the scriptures. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you, if you favor some people over others, you are committing a sin. You are guilty of breaking the law. Ouch. Come on. Look, I, I wish I could stand here and tell you I'm a thousand percent delivered and sanctified and like I don't ever have a prejudice against a group. I still do. There are times I'm like, I better lock my doors. There are times I better like, I'm going to walk on this side of the sidewalk. They can walk on that side. It's, it's reality. God shows no partiality in offering grace. There we should we shouldn't either. So, if you've heard me talk before, you know I'm usually like quick, give you little pieces. We're gonna go through a whole lot of scripture real quick. It's gonna be a lot of me reading to you, so bear with me. It'll be up on the screen. Then we're gonna break it down chunk by chunk. 
So we're going to be in the book of John, chapter 4, starting with verse 4. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field of Jacob, had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from journeying, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samarians. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him in a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I would not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying, I have not your husband. <clears throat> sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain. But you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. That was a lot, so thanks for not falling asleep. Jesus was a Jew. You had the Jewish people. Then you had the Samaritans. You want to talk about a segregated group? You want to talk about people that were looking down upon people. Then you want to bring into it the whole Pharisees, who were the religious leaders at the time. They really were looking down on the Samaritans. So much so that if a Jew had to travel, he would go three days out of his way to avoid this. I think I'm a little extreme because I'll walk on the other side of the sidewalk. Three days. This ain't three days in your car. Mind you, this ain't comfort, AC, got your drinks, stop to wah-wah. This is walking, like hard stuff. So, in this story, we're going to see where Jesus broke down so many barriers. Where Jesus stepped through so many things that at the time were considered taboo with dealing with another group. Racism, sexism, religion, all of these things, Jesus broke down their barriers by this one interaction with this woman. So in chapter 4, verse 4 through 6, and he had to pass through Samaria. So when Paul is there, the Bible says had. 
he had to. There ain't many times in the scripture when it deals to Jesus where he had to do something that is like outside of like big picture stuff. Like he had to go. This dude legitimately was commanded by God to be here at this appointed time for this encounter. So he came to the town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. So sixth hour for convert to our watches would be like high noon, lunchtime, heat of the day. So now, in the next verse, verse 7, a woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask me for a drink? A woman of Samaria, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. So in that day and time, for even a Jewish man to sit with this woman and speak to her would have been a big, big no-no. Like, it would have been a red flag in the town and everybody, oh my gosh, he's over talking to... Jesus broke it down and said, sexism? Nah. Like, we're all one from the Father. Male, female, it doesn't matter. Then I love it. He asked her for a favor. He's like, can you give me some water? This is the person that could have snapped his fingers. Terrible snap. Snapped his fingers. Water appeared, right? But there was a purpose to this plan. He asked her for it. So Jesus answers her to show her the greatest need and who supplies it. If you knew the gift of God and who it is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now, in this day and time, you guys have got to understand the commodity that is water. Like, next to some bread, you know, like water is probably A1, number one, you need this to live. It's hot. It's dry. Like, this is a big deal. And Jesus, like, blows it off in a sense by saying, like, water's good. Let's talk about living water. Let's talk about, like, the real thing. Let's talk about why you're really here. So we see your misunderstanding Jesus' lesson Thank goodness he's patient. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Come on, man. She's like already starting her excuses of like, what are you doing? Where do you get this living water? She's so fixated on, on this point. Are you greater than our father Jacob? She's throwing shade at this guy who's like already starting to like cross barriers of like why number one why would you even be sitting here talking with me 
And she wants to throw shade at him. Like, who are you? Are you better than Jacob? And at the time, like Jacob is like, he's the man. So are you bigger than him? He gave us the well, drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Come on. Like, this is Jacob's well. Like, he's drank from this. His kids drank from this. What are you, why are you talking about this well and you're saying living water is better? Jesus is like, yeah. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty. The water that I will give him will become, will become in a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So as awesome as Jacob was, and like, he's pretty awesome, he could not give eternal life. The living water that Jesus is talking about, Jacob did not have that ability. Only Jesus can meet our greatest needs. Like, whatever that is, we can try to fill it with everything and like, crystals and spiritual things and all this weirdness I hate to disappoint y'all at the end of the day it's only jesus that's going to fill your needs we spend so much of our time searching for what's going to fill it and it might not be a literal well that jesus is meeting you at but i guarantee you at some point in time Jesus has tried to come into your life to meet you, to give you that eternal life. That, at the, at the end of the day, that's what Jesus came to do. All the other stuff, like, oh, God, I need a new car. That's cool. You probably do need a new car. Jesus' A1 focus is for you to spend eternity with the Father. Let's keep our focus on that. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Like, bless her heart. A southern saying for y'all, I don't know. It's like, anyway, she's still focused like on the water, on the literal, like, that's what I need. I don't want to come every day and draw this water. I'm getting tired of that. Give me the like water express. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. Keep in mind, Jesus like knew the end from the beginning, like he knows it all. The woman answers him, I have no husband. Boy, she's just technically true in that point. And we love to work with God with like our technicalities of like, nah, God, I'm not going to watch any more porn, but... Game of Thrones really isn't porn, so I'm going to watch that. Like, we got the technicalities down pat. Jesus says, you are right in saying I have no husband, for you've had five. And the one you have now is not your husband. So what you have said is true. Don't get don't don't try to give Jesus your technicalities. I'm telling you right now, like if Jesus said to give it up, 
there's a reason that you need to give it up and give it up in its entirety. It's for your betterment. So Jesus is going to settle the matter. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. So at this point in time, that was basically the law of the land. Salvation was for the Jews. If you were another group, you Gentiles, like, sorry about your luck. Like, the Jews are the chosen ones. Jesus is like, he's talking to an adulterous woman at a place where he should not be doing it for the cultural norms at the time. And he's like, that's the minor point. That's a, that's a side note. I am here to tell you that a point in time is coming that salvation will be for all people. The hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. In saying that, like he's breaking, that's giant barriers of the time. He's saying temples, get out of here. He's saying just for the Jews, get out of here. He's saying that if in 2022, if you want to meet in a smelly cafeteria, <laughs> praise God, we are going to worship God in that smelly cafeteria. And we're going to do it well. With air conditioning, amen. Let's just tell you all something. We got here this morning, AC was not working. Praise Jesus for some amazing custodians. They got it going. And deodorant in the bathroom, yes. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Jesus loved parables, metaphors, whatever you want to refer to them. Even with the people closest to him, he loved to be vague. You know, uh, they, this time he calls it like it is. I am the Messiah, point blank. He's like, Jacob who? I am he. He removed all misunderstanding that could even be possible in that moment. All barriers, finally now, are gone. So, how do we push through at a time that we're with a group that we may not be comfortable with, we might have some prejudice with, First and foremost, we always refer to the past. We refer to the example that Christ gave us. If Christ was willing to break all the cultural norms, and I'm telling you, y'all don't know how big of a deal this is. Like, this is massive. He stepped through it. We have that example to live by. And this is also that moment where we have to press in. God, 
give me the strength. Give me the peace to love these people. Give me the peace and the ability to love people that I don't like who are the opposite of me. As I said, my man Kyle in the back, we were classmates, same music, same everything. That guy for me is super easy to love. Who is challenging is the all-American athlete because I don't relate to that person. I don't understand. I didn't go through what they went through. It's a very foreign concept to me. It's a challenge. But I know that God loved me and met me where I was. Right. I have to do the same. Right. So we come back to James 2. Yeah. If you really fulfill, fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin, sin and are convinced by the law as transgressors. Convicted. I want you to take an honest look at yourself today. Like, let's just be real here. We're just nice and we're small and we're intimate. What group? What do they look like? What, what is the person that we're not willing to go and love on for whatever the reason because i'm telling you there is i i know for me more real talk i know at the blades rural farms there's a whole lot of people that need love and need jesus but can i tell you my flesh is like i'm not stopping to get gas there because i'm not getting asked again for 10 bucks but that's the place for me that I'm intentionally going to start going with wisdom. Look, I ain't trying to get my stuff taken. We're called to be wise. But I know for me personally, that's where I need to be to be loving on some people. And God's going to help me. So you need to look and find out who it is that God's calling you to love that you're not comfortable with. At the end of the day, if we're walking around with something in our heart that's writing off a whole group of people, yeah. the Bible, blame the Bible, don't blame me. The Bible calls it sin. That's right. Period. That's all there is to it. Don't kill the messenger, right? Take it up with God. So, guys, we're going to pray real quick. I just want to give you an opportunity in this moment. If you need to give that up to God, if there's somebody that you can't love, for whatever the reason, give it up to God. I also want to give you the opportunity. Maybe this is all new to you. Maybe you don't have a relationship with God. There's no better time to start it than today. We're going to have some QR codes up on the screen. Feel free to take your phone out in that moment. If what I'm saying isn't resonating with you, awesome. Pray for the person next to you. So I'm just going to ask everybody would bow their head, close their eyes real quick. Father, help us to look within ourselves and see. See what kind of prejudice and 
uh, nastiness that we might have towards another group? Who are we struggling to love on? Who are we struggling to be able to just drop crazy grace on right now? Help us with that. Father, we know that you can, you can change all things. You can move mountains. Father, change our hearts to be able to love everybody as you've loved us. Help us to be able to grace bomb people unconditionally the way that you came to us and grace bombed. Father, I pray that if there's anybody in this room today that has never had a relationship with you, that they would just open their hearts, say, God, just forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongdoing. We're going to have a QR code on the screen. Father, we just pray that um, they can text, that's me to 94,000, or they can snap the QR code. There has never been a better time to start a relationship with Jesus. Maybe in the past, maybe you've started one. Life's gotten away. You've gotten crazy. There's never been a better time to come back. So we're going to have another QR code on the screen, Father, and we just pray that people would just set aside everything and come back home. So if that's you, you can text I'm back to 94,000. Father, help us. This community needs all of your love. And I know for me, myself, I know that there are, there are areas I'm not comfortable going to. There's people that I'm not comfortable loving on. Help me, first and foremost, to be able to love on them all. Help me to be able to see them as you see them. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you found today's message both helpful and inspiring. Hope Church meets every Sunday at 10 a.m. in Seaford, Delaware. If you would like more information, you can find it at www.hopedelmarva.com. That's hope, D-E-L-M-A-R-V-A.com. Thanks for listening.